Section 76 of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 76. W. P. Madden. I was born in Galway, Ireland, on the 14th of March, 1844. Enlisted at Springfield, Ohio, on the 9th of October, 1861, in Company I, 44th Ohio Volunteer Infantry, and 8th Ohio Volunteer Infantry. Was captured at Lynchburg on the 18th of June, 1864, and confined in Andersonville Prison. On the morning of the 27th of April, 1865, at about 2 o'clock, I was asleep dreaming of home and loved ones, of whom I had not heard a word for about ten long months that I had spent in Andersonville Prison. Suddenly I was awakened by an upheaval and crashing of timbers. I attempted to arise from my recumbent position, and as I threw up my hands to explore my surroundings I got them severely burned, and was horrified to find that my efforts to extricate myself were fruitless and the heat was stifling. I could not tell where I was, but could hear the groans of the wounded and the shrieks of the women mingling with the crackling noise of the flames and the hissing of the white steam that enveloped the boat for a time. All of this took place in a few moments, but those few moments were an eternity to me. No tongue can tell, and pen is powerless to portray the agony of those moments. Thoughts went rushing through my brain with lightning rapidity. I thought of all I had suffered and endured for ten months, and of the joys anticipated at home, and now, so near the goal, must I give up the ghost? Not without a struggle. The rebels had failed to kill me in battle or to starve me to death in prison. I wrapped my blanket about me in order to protect myself from further violence from my hot environments. I called in the name of my divine master for someone to remove whatever hindered my escape, and may God bless whoever he may be that removed the obstruction, I know him not. I crawled out as black and begrimed as a coal digger. I then discovered that I had been under a piece of boiler iron, about a half of a circle, both ends being blocked with timbers and debris thrown hither and thither by the force of the explosion. I had a much-esteemed friend by the name of George Menninger, a Piat Zouave. His home was in Cincinnati, Ohio. He shared my blanket, but what became of him I have not been able to learn. Nor is it to be wondered at in the confusion that followed the explosion. This was a time when strong men, who never faltered before the galling fire of the enemy's front, were powerless, wringing their hands and rending the air with their piteous cries. No one now gave the orders, each being left to battle for himself. The deck was broken in two, presenting a fiery chasm between, like Dante's Inferno. Burning human forms could be seen below until the river was obscured by the flames, which soon communicated with the upper deck. Every available thing that would float was hastily gathered up and with precious freight went overboard, but often only to be submerged by the addition of others and rise again on some distant wave far away and unoccupied 
to be again possessed by another struggler and borne safely with the current until rescued by friendly hands. Almost invariably the means of escape was overburdened, and it was often the case that parties were drowned that others might use their floats to a practical advantage. No doubt many a good swimmer lost his life by being made powerless by the icy waters of the northwest with which the Mississippi River is flushed at that time of the year. All this time I was endeavoring to keep from being pushed into the river by my wild and distracted comrades who were rushing to and fro. In order to do this I had to lie down, often at the risk of being trampled upon. I remained on the boat as long as the heat would permit, seeing that it would be fatal to launch myself among the floating sea of perishing humanity, grasping at everything within reach, and often carrying to the bottom those that would have otherwise escaped. I was fortunate in being a very good swimmer, and with confidence in my ability to reach shore I waited until the coast was clear. I then made a running jump from the fore and upper deck, but before reaching the water I lost my balance and fell face downward, knocking the breath out of me and producing an inguinal hernia, which I now carry, much to my discomfort. This hurt caused me to swallow at the time a large quantity of water, causing strangulation, so that it was with the greatest difficulty that I again reached the surface. After I got my breath, I swam downstream in a diagonal direction for the east bank, but for some unknown reason I changed my mind and turned for the west side. I now began to experience a peculiarly numb sensation commencing in my great toes and extending upwards. Being thoroughly awake to the meaning of all this, I bestirred myself to the most vigorous and active kicking that I ever did in my life. Now and then I would pinch my limbs, but could not make them believe that it was I, and yet as long as they kept kicking I felt safe. They had often served me, and when a boy they had saved me many a whipping, and they did not fail me on this occasion. Somewhere between the boat and the shore I overtook three soldiers, of whom I recognized one, a sergeant of an Illinois regiment, a fine specimen of a man in every particular, and I always admired him. He, with the other two, was trying to keep above the water, with the aid of a very trifling bit of board. One of the party was about exhausted. I swam to them, put my hands on the board, and had this man put his arm on my shoulder and his other on the sergeant, and we pushed on but it was soon evident that our load was going to overtax our strength. With no evidence at hand of the distance yet to overcome, and as he was already past helping himself, true to the first law of nature, I released myself, and our friend went down to be seen no more. Could I have perceived the short distance to the shore, I would have saved his life but so dark was it that the first intimation that I had of a shore was when I struck my head against a lot of drift, upon which I dragged myself, at the same time shouting back to those I had parted with my deliverance and encouraging them to persevere, and soon I had the pleasure of helping them to a place of safety. I then removed my pants and shirt, wrung the water out of them, and put them on again, 
then went at vigorous walking, as did also my friend from Illinois, but the other we had to pull along between us until a better circulation was obtained for him, after which we got along very well considering our condition. About seven or eight o'clock in the morning we were taken on board the steamer Bostonia and taken to Memphis. Here I want to digress a little to speak a word of praise in behalf of the mate who, with his pilot, was blown into the river. It was he, with the aid of a skiff, conveyed to us to the boat, and although wet and chilled, he did not cease his efforts in caring for others as long as there were any found needing assistance. Even on the boat, where hot coffee and fire was accessible, he looked not for his own comfort until all others were first served. This self-sacrificing and unselfish devotion to the wants of others is seldom found, and I mention this as an expression of my admiration for his conduct on that occasion. Thanks to General Washburn, in a few days we left Memphis for Camp Chase, Ohio, to be mustered out of service, in obedience to telegraphic orders from the War Department. And now, glorious transition! Away from the late scenes of horror, caressed and adulated by those who long ago gave me up for dead, and providential blessings through those years that have passed, have done much to compensate for what I have suffered. But, oh, how many a sad and desolate home! Who can tell of that anguish in those hearts which fondly waited for the coming of the dear one? Let us reverently treasure up in our hearts the memory of the brave dead of the Sultana, and let our association devote one day of its sittings in some appropriate way to commemorate their deeds of virtue. I am engaged in the practice of medicine at Xenia, Ohio. End of section 76